This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! This is the Aftershock Central Podcast, episode number 10. I'm Martin. Jack's here. Ronnie's here. Hello. What's up? Hi. And today... <laughs> My bad. Wait. Are you... Are, did you just switch your gender? Is that what just happened? I don't know. It was Ronnie. Oh, that was Ronnie? Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Ronnie likes to drive <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I'm not to beat that. It's- we got to start over again. <laughs> no, Let's no, no. Start over yeah. for the fourth time. I'll just beep that out. It'll be okay. Uh, today we are discussing the one and only book that came out this past week, and that is the first issue of Alters. Wow, you guys are awfully quiet. Yeah. I was expecting some big reaction. Woohoo! Yeah, we are. Okay, that's better. Uh, Alters what? is written by Paul Jenkins. The art is by Layla Lays. Lees, maybe? We'll say Lays because she's Italian. Uh, colors by Tamara Bonvillain and letters by Ryan. I'm going to say Ryan because it's a woman. Ryan Hill. It might be Ryan. I don't know. Mm. Could yeah, be Ryan. See, it seems like there's a trend that we always know who the writer is, but we don't know how to pronounce <laughs> any of the artist's names because none of us know who they are. <laughs> Uh, well, Layla well, was uh, Layla was doing um, Neverland for four five one, I think it is. Which Ronnie, you read that, didn't you? Yeah, I read it. Yeah, Jack, you did not read that though. I don't even know what you're talking about. about Neverland, it's like Ronnie's. Peter, it's like Peter Pan in a rave. <laughs> yeah. Peter, Peter Pan in a nightclub. That is exactly a good that's synopsis a, of that, that book. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> It's Neverland with no vowels. Anyway, she's she's the artist on that, and now she's making her jump from a very tiny publisher to a small publisher. So moving on up. But uh, I think Paul Jenkins has been around for forever, so yeah. I would assume everyone knows Paul Jenkins. Right. Yeah, that's what uh, Joe said They their thing is right now, right? They're trying to get writers that people are familiar with to kind of hook them in, and then they're testing the waters a little bit more with artists. Yes, indeed. All right, Jack. But that's been good. Yeah, no, the art was great. Don't you think? I agree. Jack, you're our recap guy. So do you want to give All us right. a recap of Alters number one? Sure. I'd love to because I like this book. Um, so these people, this is about a book. About, this is about people called Alters. And an altar... Correct me if you took this differently, but they seem they're pretty much just like a DC metahuman or a Marvel mutant, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. And they, it's like an inhuman, right? Because they don't, or a mutant, because they don't get their powers till later or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except that in, inhumans have some sort of alien DNA, right? As part yeah, of the equation. Yeah. Inhumans yeah, yeah, yeah. are like a, an, an experiment, an alien experiment on humanity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there there seems to be nothing activating these people. Yeah. So it's it's more as like, of yet. Yeah, as of yet, it's more like mutants. Because um, originally I was I was thinking like ultras. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, yeah. Uh, Malibu. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Ultra Force and all that. Way back thinking, in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Because the book gave me that kind of feel, but the powers don't seem to be derived from anything in particular. They're just innate. yeah. 
Uh, anyway, sorry to, to, to side, side rail. Continue. No, no problem. Um, but they do go through some type of transformation, though. At, I think it, I don't know what age. Uh, maybe it's a certain age. I don't remember if it was or not. But the difference from what I could take from this is that between like here and like in Marvel or DC is sometimes these, um, these altars become really unstable when they transform. Yeah. Um, like can no longer exist unstable because she mentioned an example of one person who manifested it as antimatter and just like immediately exploded and killed 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she also said there one in 50 million people become altars. So doing the math, if my math is right, which it might, it's very likely it might not be, but 7 billion people in the world divided by 50 million. I think it's like 140 altars in the world. Yeah, we're, I want to um, re, revisit that. Okay. For a specific reason, but continue. Um, that's all I had to say about that. Do you want to do it now? Oh, yeah, sure. So in the Aftershock Genesis book, there is an, an altar story. That when I read it, um, I, I would think we mentioned that before, right? Like the story that we saw in that book didn't seem to have anything to do with the fact that there was going to be a, well, spoiler alert, because Jack, you haven't mentioned it, but a transgender superhero in this book. Um, yeah. So none of us got that feeling from that intro. After you read Alters Number One, you kind of get what that story was about. But in Aftershock Genesis Number One, they say that it's one in ten million people, which would be mm. seven hundred people. Anyways, not that it matters. Mm. Minor technicality. Now, is that a uh, they did they mess up, or is there something that happened? Because I don't know when the time when this happened, the story in Genesis happened compared to this. Are they increasing a number, or or well, no, that would be a decrease, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be decreasing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The time frame in Genesis is a little odd because uh, the characters that story seems to take place shortly before this one, before Alters Number One. Hmm. Uh, but then again, it kind of can't be because the guy was having flashbacks to what seemed to me to be World War Two. Um, yeah. It looked like the invasion of Normandy. So. If that's the case, then you know the story takes place seventy years in the past, and so yeah. you know that's and he's a... not. I don't think it's. I don't think it's flashbacks really far in the past because he's not that old. Yeah, he's and not he that old. But see, the thing is, he he does mention in that story that he died, and mm-hmm. like was kind of reborn as this altar. So I mean, maybe as an altar because of his abilities, he didn't age for seventy years. I guess it's possible. Uh, but then it could also mean that that story actually does take place in the you know, mid-40s or you know, late-40s, maybe early-50s. Um, yeah. Which means that Matter Man would be extremely old. Yeah. Because he shows up in that story. He's the one hunting that guy. Uh, now, we, do we actually see him, though? We, like don't, we don't see Matter Man in that story. I assumed it was him, but maybe it's not. Well, doesn't he mention Matterman by name? Does he? I was looking for that. Yeah, I think he does. Okay. Um, kind of towards the end of it. Yeah, he does. Because um, some of the stuff that pops up in that story pops up again here. Uh, Matterman, of course, uh, becomes the villain in Alters Number 1. We'll, we'll get to him in a few. Um, but he's talking to that other girl 
the other altar in that book, and he's like, uh, he says something about they have like six six minutes, and he's like, no, no, Matter Man's gonna be here much sooner than that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and that that comes up again in Altars Number One when mm-hmm. Octavian and his crew are uh, trying to find Chalice, and they're like, okay, we have exactly four minutes, you know. So they have a, a countdown as they try to talk to Chalice. Hmm. Well, that makes it a lot more interesting. I think th- I hope this is going to be like Black Eyed Kids, where the Jenna story ties back into it at some point. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. I guess I guess let's get back to altars because we we yep. just threw out like a bunch of terms mm-hmm. and that, spoilers and spoilers <laughs> that if you haven't read altars it will make no sense to you. Yeah. So let's hop back in um, and talk a little bit about the story for altars yep. number one. Yep. So the main character's name is Charlie, and he, well, she became an altar just two days before the story starts. Um, and she seems to be, ha- be like have adapted to her parent her powers really well. Um, she, she seems to have a good grip on them after just two days, and she can fly. I get the impression she's extremely fast. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I think she even sort of teleported. Um, but they haven't fleshed out in a lot of detail what her powers are yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but and as Mar- Martin already mentioned, that's not her only secret because she's actually. Uh, dude, but she <laughs> identifies more as a female. Yes. So when she's a superhero, nobody knows her, so she dresses like a female. Mm-hmm. Um, which also, by the way, makes for a great secret identity. Absolutely. Um, I think that's part of the reason she's kind of not worried about Matter Man too much. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Anyways, continue. Um, but everywhere else, when she's not a superhero, she's a bo- she's a boy. And her family, which consists of her mom, her dad, and she has a younger brother and an older brother, who also who the older um, which has cerebral palsy, um, but they don't know she's transgender, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody else knows. Nope. Um, so she's sort of hiding it at this point. So now there's also a team of people who try to find altars to help protect them and I guess help them, um, and they're led by a guy named Octavian. And then there's the villain we also mentioned, which his name is Matterman. And you get the impression that he's like extremely powerful, an extremely powerful altar. And I, I assume he's like the most powerful one because uh, uh, it seems like he just kind of does whatever evil things he wants to do. And there's nobody powerful enough to stop him. Everybody's mm-hmm. just like trying to stay away from him. Um, but both Matterman and Octavian are sort of like in this the story. They're sort of like in this race to find Charlie. Um, and Octavian sort of gets to her first, but then she kind of blows him off, and then they meet up towards the end. Um, but what happens at the end is we see Octavian's crew, and they're kind of monitoring Charlie. Um, but then something on their radar starts approaching them extremely fast, and they're initially worried that it's Matterman. And I thought this was kind of cool. Uh, but they realize that whatever it is seems to be going way faster than even Matterman. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be Charlie, and she kind of kind of just busts through the wall in like dramatic superhero fashion and introduces herself as Chalice, mm-hmm. which I guess is her female or female and hero name. Um, but I thought it was cool. Uh, and I want to emphasize that Octavian clocked her moving faster than Matterman 
when she approached them. Right. And I think the implication here is that maybe she's going to be like the first altar that can finally match up to Matterman. Mm-hmm. Is that what you got? Is that what you thought also? Or am I that, making that, a crazy theory? That is also what I got as well. And isn't it, didn't, during that time when they're clocking her and stuff, didn't they say that they couldn't get one read, they got two? So I'm glad you brought that up, Ronnie, uh, because, Jack, you were talking a little bit earlier about the nature of her abilities. Um, yeah. It, if I understood this right, um, it seems to me like quantum physics-based. Um, and so that's why she can approach from two places at once. Um, God, I talked about this on the last Nerdy Legion podcast, but um, you guys oh. have you guys have heard about Schrodinger's cat, yes? Yes. Jack? Um, am I going to sound dumb if I say no? No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, if you, if you don't know, I'll, I'm going to explain it. So okay. Schrodinger's cat is um, like kind of a, a parable um, for physicists, okay? And what it pretty much says is... You have a box, and in the box there's a cat. And the cat can be either dead or alive, but you don't know until you open the box. Okay? And so the fact that you open the box and look inside it is what determines whether the cat is alive or dead. Okay? So when you open it, you might see the cat alive, or you open it and you see the cat dead. Um, but you can't have both things. Um, and that's kind of how the way that quantum particles work. Um, they can be in two different states at once, so they can be on or off, here or there, but you don't know until you actually see them. Um, and hmm. that's, that's kind of what I got. Well, Her powers, so, that's kind of what the basis is for them. So that's interesting because the villain's guy is Matter Man. I don't really know what his powers are, but something to do with matter. And then the other person they talk about was antimatter. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a connection here to all these altars that are yeah, similar. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the the antimatter guy, we don't really see, right? Uh, right? He just gets his powers and blows up. Right. Um, the reason for that is when you have matter and antimatter coming together, they can't coexist, and so they obliterate each other. Yeah. So when he becomes antimatter, he can't be in a universe made of regular matter, so he explodes. Right. Um, we don't know what Matter Man's powers are, but my assumption from just the name of it um, and the couple things that they show where he just like blows up random places, um, it must have some something to do with manipulating matter in some way. Maybe just like the, the energy in matter, he can mm-hmm. accelerate it to make it explode. Um, I guess in that sense it would be maybe similar to Gambit in the X-Men, mm-hmm. um, but a little more powerful. Where Gambit See, can convert that uh, <laughs> the one energy state to another. See, I took it as like uh, more like Siler from Heroes, because okay. there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of panels where you know he had blood on his lips or whatever. Yes. And so that kind of made me lean that way to where he can, if the altars didn't join his group or whatever, then he could just steal their power. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. Well, I mean, granted, this is only the first issue, but we only yeah. see three altars in his group. 
Right, right. Um, and from everything that we saw in Genesis and then in Altars number one, you might be onto something. Because at any time an altar is manifested, they're supposed to report to Matterman. So maybe his thing is to find these altars, and if their powers are worth getting, he'll get them. And if not, he'll just kind of leave them alone. Hmm. You know, like if he doesn't feel like their powers are of any use <laughs> right, to right. him. Right, like his lackeys that he had, I just assume that those were his lackeys because their powers he either A, already had, or B, they weren't stronger than what he already had anyway. You right. know what I mean? Right. Oh. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I thought it was funny that he wears like a Napoleon jacket. Um, when we first see him, when he's doing that televised address... Uh, saying that, you know, like, I, I, I've heard from my crew that there's a new altar, like, she needs to come to see me now, or things going to go down. And uh, he's standing there in that, I'm assuming it's like a junkyard. Uh, yeah. With his crew. He's got that jacket that Napoleon would wear. Um, and we don't know much about this world yet, but it seems like he kind of runs the place. I'm assuming he he's kind of running the whole country. Um, it yeah. seemed it seemed in some ways you guys watch Flash, yeah? On CW? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um it's kinda like the the season with Zoom where Zoom has his crew of people and like he pretty much lets people live their own lives and govern themselves, but ultimately he's the one in charge, and so if you do something he doesn't like, he's gonna come after you. Mm-hmm. Um it seemed in some ways very similar to that. Um right. what we're seeing with Matterman. Which is fine. I thought that, that was kind of cool. Um, although Zoom makes some very stupid mistakes um, because of his hubris. So I, I kind of hope we don't see that coming in here. But I trust in Paul Jenkins. He's a good writer. Yeah. I'm curious now about that blood on his lips. Because yeah, it doesn't It doesn't seem to have a... Well, the only reason I bring that up is because there's a couple <laughs> panels where he doesn't have it. Yes. Yeah. And, well, and the artist is, is spot on, you know, so... I mean, there wasn't anything else, and then there's a couple other panels where he does have it, so... Well, and at the at the end of that Genesis story, before that unnamed character blows up, kind of, or whatever happens to him, um, isn't there a panel of Matterman's face, and he's bleeding from the mouth as well? I thought there I was. I didn't see Matterman. I know y'all said... I just assumed it was Matterman the whole time. After coming after him, but I don't think I saw him. I didn't even see his name. God. Yeah, I'm. Maybe I'm not I'm seeing wrong. it either. I don't know. Maybe but I'm after, wrong. but before, when he's making like towards the end, when he's making the threat to Chalice. Yep. Um, he doesn't have it on there, and then when he snaps the guy's neck or whatever. Yeah. Then he does. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. But that guy, yeah. So. Well, that's kind of weird, though, because that guy was not an altar. He was just a regular guy, right? Just making a point. Uh, yeah, he said this person was just chosen at random this morning from a small town. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I well, just chosen at random from a small town. I didn't know if that meant chosen from random from a small town because he has altars, or just chosen out of hat. Gotcha. That, I think you he, know what I mean. Yeah, I think yeah, he I chose him just to make a point. I mean, but how? 
like to say to everybody, hey, you do what I'm saying or this is you. I'm not only going after altars. I'm going after anybody okay. who doesn't help me. Or... Right, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point, Jack. Because I guess he, he really broadcasts is... broadcasts this to everybody. Yeah, he is only targeting altars. But by killing this regular guy, he's like, if you don't help me find this girl, it's not going to be just altars. That makes perfect sense. Okay, okay. yep. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, because that could be like a message to her friends or her family. Right. But... The thing, like you mentioned before, though, is none of those people know who she is, so they they wouldn't be able to turn her in. Right, exactly. So it's it is kind of clever. Exactly. You know, that was one of the fears that that character had in in uh, AfterShock Genesis was that you know, Matt, when Matterman finds him, he knows who he is. He's going to go and find his family, kill his wife, take his kid, and test to see if he's an alter, and then kill his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlie doesn't need to worry about that. Because yeah. his family doesn't know, A, that he's transgender or trying right. to, you know, move, move, become a woman. Um, and obviously they don't know that he's an alter. So right. there's no way that Matter Man could come after his family. Right. So that's pretty interesting. Um, what about Octavian and the Gateway Army? Do we have any thoughts on these guys? Uh, they're kind of like Morpheus, right? Yeah. They're kind of like Morpheus in Matrix and his crew, right? Let's get to the one first and help him. Mm, yeah. Fix whatever's been wronged. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure and Octavian, out. Octavian is a scientific name, too, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, it's. He wasn't also Octa- the name of the girl in uh, the 100. <laughs> That's Octavia. Oh yeah, I love that show. Everyone should watch the 100 if you're not watching it. Um, Octavian was uh, he was a Caesar. Yeah. Augustus Caesar. Uh, anyways, what what do we think uh, are their abilities or their kind of deal in this world? I don't uh, think they have abilities. Really. So you think it's just technological? I don't. I didn't see anything they did that wasn't based around technology. I didn't see. I mean, they're tracking her with technology. I, they, nobody did anything special. I guess that's except for the robot girl, right? You talking about when they're in the bubble? Huh? You talking about when they're in the bubble in their base? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is um, that just his AI assistant? Yeah, that, that, I thought that was an AI as well. Um, and even when when they first are looking for Chalice, it looks like um, they have the the black girl with them who is helping track Chalice. Um, and there's the guy that looks like he's straight out of Saga with the uh, the television blockhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, I actually didn't pick up on him. So I don't know. That's some. I mean, was that his superpower? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just being a blockhead. <laughs> blockhead. <laughs> well, I mean, he, does, he doesn't show up later on when they're in uh, in the Gateway Army base. So. Yeah. He just shows up in that first section. And then other two guys are look like they're twins or clones, maybe even of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there are some powers here. Well, see now, now that you say that, I'm more inclined to say there are no powers. 
maybe the gateway army are just regular humans who want to help these other people yeah or maybe there's some people octavian is though octavian is what an altar an altar yeah he was the first altar that came out how do you know that that's what it said that that his that? that his superpower is like being a super genius and supercomputer oh really yeah i totally missed that yeah, that was like in her Dear Diary part where they, she was talking about it at the beginning. Oh, wow. I totally missed that. Okay, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, so that, uh, so, But either way, your theory or Jack's theory could go either way, though, because if he's like the supercomputer and the brains behind the thing, then everybody yeah. else could be regular human red shirts, you know, just using this technology. <laughs> No, man, don't give in. I, I, you've brought me over to your side now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. <laughs> I'm with you, Ronnie. See, Ronnie makes good points sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm glad I finally got out of Joe's closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about, let's talk about Charlie. Because obviously this book was heavily marketed as the first transgender superhero story. Yeah. So <laughs> thoughts on that? I like. I'll go. go ahead. Go ahead, Ronnie. I was just going to say, I'll go first because usually I'm pretty quiet about um, things that are going on in the real world. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, And I'm usually turned off by heavily promoted things. Sure. Just because it's heavily promoted and it feels like it's being pushed down my throat type of thing. But I was like, <laughs> I got to give this one a chance because every other Aftershock book was awesome so why not mm-hmm. but actually this one didn't feel like that yeah it was gorilla promoted and stuff mm-hmm. like it should have been which no qualms on that but once i got into it it was just like organically happened from mm-hmm. front cover to back cover right and that was one of the things that really hooked me really cool. yeah and her the transgender aspect of it, I mean, they're tying it into the superhero part of it. So it's not just like they're like, hey, let's right, yeah. do this to be cool or whatever. They've actually sort of uh, connected some dots here, which I think are cool. Right, yeah. which no, which, ahead, which, which goes for all kinds of stuff. Just like you guys said earlier, like, you know, not only can Chalice have a different secret identity than anybody else right. before has, but now... She could actually have two secret identities. Yeah. Right. Well, and, that, and also that, she's going to she she's I assume she'll be motivated not to come out of the closet about this, right? Well, yeah, if, because if it's going to put, her put everybody in danger. in danger, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's uh, <laughs> to go back to Flash. It's the one thing that I hate about that show is that everybody knows that the Flash is Barry Allen. Right. Yeah. You know, which is kind of weird. Um, right. Because obviously they're going to go after your family then. Right. Um, yeah. So going going back to the transgender thing, uh, when when they started promoting it as that, I was very surprised. Um, not because I have anything against transgender people, I was just surprised that that was kind of the big promotion. But I get it, right? Because it's like when uh, Valiant was about to put out Faith, they were promoting it as the first overweight superhero. Right, right. Yep. And it generated a lot of publicity because, okay, first OB superhero, now you have the first transgender, um, and that's going to get people talking. Obviously, a lot of 
the people talking is going to end up being just trolls being a-holes and you know, <laughs> just spreading fuddle of the internet, which is what we saw with Faith. Uh, right. I, I didn't see a whole lot of that for this book. Um, no, maybe... actually, it seemed like there was more positive for this book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think with, with regards to the story itself, I think you guys hit it kind of on the head, is that even though, yes, this is a transgender hero, they aren't pushing the fact that it's a transgender hero. Right. right. And it's it's right. part of the story. So it's not, it's not <laughs> right. something that's being forced on you. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't think if, if people saw this book on the shelves, you have no idea if she's transgender, whereas Faith... It was obvious that this is like a plus size person, up, you know, on the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. So unless somebody's read about this or somebody's told them what it's about, then maybe people just don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I agree. And has there been what like there was? Faith seemed like it. There was articles about it all over the place. Yeah, um, I haven't seen as many for alters. Yeah. Um, but it seems to have been relatively positive. <laughs> stuff that I've seen overall. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't, I'm not one to read many comments on articles anymore because the internet is just a terrible place. Exactly. Um, so I'm sure there was some of that, but yeah, I, I didn't notice it, at least. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, it was really well done, you know? Like, you... It's, it's part of his secret identity. Yeah. Right. So yep. it, it makes sense. You know, and there's not like an agenda. You know, we've seen books try to push political agendas before. Um, right. There's yeah. no agenda. It's just who the character is, and you know, you you get to know this character because of how he feels about his identity. Um, and just because it's a transgender identity doesn't make it any different than anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like there's characters that identify as scientists, so they're scientists. Uh, you know, there's this felt a lot like early Spider-Man, maybe. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that because uh, because obviously I'm not transgender because I don't have the belly to pull off a, <laughs> a half shirt. But <laughs> <laughs> but like when I was a kid reading Peter Parker stories in high school, you know, it, it put me right back in there. And then when I was reading this, it was like, oh well, you know, I can actually see that and see the struggle. Right. So it's very well written. Yep. To actually put you in the story. Yep. And you know the struggle there was defining yourself as mm-hmm. a superhero versus defining yourself as just a teenager. Right. Um, and you know this teenager has the extra rub in there that he's transgender, but other than that, there's nothing different about this person. Nope. You know, and he's still trying to figure out the whole transgender thing as well, which I thought was mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, and actually, to go back to one of Jack's points, one of the things that he mentions when we see, uh, when we get to meet his family, um, and they're talking about the intersections that everyone faces, and how he's got the three intersections, because you know he's got his gender issues, he's got his superhero persona, um, and then of course he he's got to be a brother in this family. So mm-hmm. um, it's very uh, very interesting. It was really well done. Yeah. Like, like I said, not pushed on at all. Um, it just kind of surfaced in one panel and then it kind of went away. So I yeah. thought that was, uh, I, was I, uh, well done. I like stories with complex characters. Sure. And Charlie like has to wrestle with a lot of different things, but 
um, he seems like he's very confident as an alter. And -hmm. part of the reason why is because he also gets to assume his kind of preferred gender identity, I think, when he's a hero. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. It's kind of, and I think that's true. Here we go with the Batman talk. You ready? Yeah, um, ready. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. Well, no, it's true for a lot of heroes, you know. And I think Batman's a good example because, you know, in many ways, Bruce Wayne is kind of the persona, right? And his true self is Batman. Um, right. And I think that Charlie kind of feels that way as well. Like his true persona is Chalice. He just has to be this other person in the real world. Yeah. Like his secret identity is switched. Right. Actually. Yeah. 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 Where <clears throat> Chalice is his secret identity and Charlie is his regular, you know, what I'm, or, uh, other way. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I got you. Yep. Except, yeah. Except, um, Charlie's secret identity makes a lot more sense than dressing up as a bat. You shut your <laughs> mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jack, you're fired from this podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna bring on a Batman fan to talk about Aftershock. To talk about Batman on Aftershock. <laughs> That'd be like every other podcast that Martin does. So, <laughs> dude, I have to, you know, somehow stick it in there. Um, but the, back to this book, <laughs> the few pages that we did see of his family, I thought was uh, really well done as well. Yeah. Um, it's not a perfect family, but they're not dysfunctional. Um, but they do have their issues, right? Like right, the, yeah. the dad obviously favors the older brother um, because he is the older brother, and he's you know they're big into baseball, which I don't even know who likes baseball. That's uh, the younger brother, isn't it? <laughs> was that a stab at Ronnie? He didn't hear. <laughs> uh, was it? I thought that was the older brother. I thought the younger brother I, was the one that has cerebral palsy. No, the older one does. Okay, the older one has cerebral palsy. Okay, yeah. makes sense. Um. All right, that's fine. Either way, you know, the dad prefers that brother. Right, um, yeah. It seems like that brother is, you know, like the manly man. Right, you know? right, the daddy's boy type thing. Daddy's and then boy. you got Charlie, who's the mama's boy one. Yeah, Charlie's the mama's boy. The other kid plays sports, and the older brother has cerebral palsy, so he just kind of... I don't want to say they disregard him, because they seem to take care of him fairly well, yeah. and they don't talk bad about him. Right, uh, right. But, you know... He has cerebral palsy, so he's tied to a wheelchair the rest of his life. Right. Um, so I understand like why the the relationship is a little different with the parents. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems that Charlie's the one that takes care of that brother. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool. Anyways, but yeah, they go to an Indians game. I guess maybe Paul's an Indians fan. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's possible. Um. Any thoughts on the art? The art's great. Art is great. That's why. Well, that's what I'm saying. The art is fabulous from cover to cover, so that's why, like, it was easy for me to spot out the Matter Man gotcha. channels. Yeah, I got you. <clears throat> or at least easy for me, I guess. Jack? Um, I like that. I mean, I kind of felt like what we said yes uh, last week about uh, Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. Like the art's good, and it's super. I mean, it's it's not super unique like Black Eyed Kids that it stands out to me. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's clean and it tells the story well. Um, I mentioned this when I I posted on Facebook about this book um, that 
a lot of this book reminds me of Invincible from Image. Yeah. Um, just the way that the character faces being a superhero gives me that vibe. The the character designs kind of are very similar. The art style is a little bit similar. Uh, the the bright colors uh, also give me that Invincible vibe. And that's not a bad thing. Like I love mm-hmm. Invincible. That's a great book. Um, I'm behind like six or seven issues, but um, I've I've always enjoyed reading that. And if that's the direction that this book is going in, I'm mean, obviously not exactly, <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know if it's that vibe as as Invincible, then I'm I'm all for this book. I really enjoyed its yeah. first issue. And it could fill the void since Invincible is ending too for the Absolutely. Invincible people. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should post this in the uh, Image Comic fans group. <laughs> maybe. And then get a bunch <laughs> of troll comments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and rate this up then. Okay. Final thoughts and a rating. Jack. Um, no, man, I like it a lot. I think it's, I think, actually, this is probably my favorite first issue after Shock I've, I've, I've read so far. Interesting. Um, so I'd say probably 4.5. Wow. That's a good score. I mean, I was going to say 4 or 4.2 or something, but... I mean, talking about it and thinking about it, and especially connecting it back to Genesis, which I think is going to come back up like mm-hmm. Black Eyed Kids did. I'm, I'm even more excited about it. So I got to go 4.5. Cool. Ronnie? Yep. I'm going 4.5 as well just because of the complex little threads in the story. Mm-hmm. And But I disagree with Jack. That wasn't the best number one that came out. Really? Well, what, what was? <laughs> I think Animosity was, but, you know, Okay, okay, interesting. But 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 it's right up there. I mean, I really dug it better than the number one of Captain Kid. So yeah, and yeah. and you know they just keep pumping out good stuff. So I'm I all wonder, aboard. I wonder how this is selling compared to Animosity. I guess we don't know yet. Yeah, I don't think we know yet. From what I understand, they're pretty happy with the numbers. But yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, um, I thought. I thought they said in their um, conference thing, mm-hmm. the diamond thing, that Alter sold two times more than Animosity Number One did, and oh, then wow. Shipwreck, really? and then Shipwreck sold two times more than Alters did. No kidding. All huh. uh, right. Could be wrong, but well, that's good then. then no, yeah, that yeah. was the that was the first printing though, right? Yeah, that was yeah, the first, first printing. printing. Yes. And I guess we'll see because the number the diamond number should come out. Maybe this week. Right. Um, yeah. They so might we might revisit that. Things. Stay tuned. Yeah, so we might find out. That's interesting, though. Uh, I'm going to agree with both of your sentiments, by the way. Um, actually, I'm with you, Jack. I think this might be my favorite number one out of all of them. Um, so right now, this might be my second favorite book out of it's the whole okay, Um It's pushed animosity down just a little bit. Uh, they're still kind of up there. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I love the world building. I love the art. I love the story. I love the characters. I loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. So I am also going to give this a four and a half. Wow. Four and a half across the board. Yeah. Joe Pruitt, you better watch out. This might uh, 
This this might be in the running with Black Eyed Kids. I don't know. <laughs> he, he's going to shut the company down if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> or block us on social media. <laughs> I don't know these guys anymore. Uh, that's too funny. Hey, before we break, though, did you see the preview for Shipwreck in the back of I'm Alters? glad you brought that up. Because, yes, I did, and it looks amazing. Yeah? Yeah, I loved it. No it's, uh, words. It's like five pages, not a single word. Dude, we, we've talked about this. I like books with little words. Or little, let, let, let me rephrase. When words, when <laughs> words, like when words are placed, ideas. when words are placed exactly where they belong, right? And they're not extraneous. Gotcha. So yeah, I, I, it's a preview. So I, I wasn't expecting letters. Up, oh, hang on. Uh, all right, so next week we have animosity number two, and that's yep. it. Yeah. Yeah, so that should, should be good though. We'll see if uh, Miss Marguerite Bennett can uh, deliver. Top can top Paul Jenkins on this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm excited for next week. That that book was amazing, the first issue. So, uh, yep, so next week we've got that, and then the week after, Joe Pruitt's got to bring it. Yeah. Kids six and revision is four. Yep. Yeah, he's got a couple books right right on his tail. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the next uh, this is great. It's four weeks back to back of my four favorite aftershock books. This will be interesting. Because uh, revisionist and Captain Kid. Well, that's yeah. Well, no. No, we had we had <laughs> alters. Martin Monroe. Alters last week, animosity this week, and then Black Eyed Kids and Revisionist the week after. Gotcha. Gotcha. I am looking forward to shipwreck. So back to that conversation. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting a lettered preview because it's still fairly early. I don't think we'll see anything lettered for till like a couple weeks before it comes out. Right. But uh, I really enjoyed the art. It's, oh yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. To be honest, it's it's odd and amusing and creepy and scary and minimalist and psychedelic all at the same time. So, agreed. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that when it comes out, which will be very 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 soon. We are all on the Twitter machine. Jack is at Jack Sutherland. Ronnie is at Ronbar three sixteen. I am at Geekvine. The show is at Aftershock Pond. And of course, you can email us hello at nerdlegion.com. Until next week, don't perform any alterations on yourself. It may go (laughs) awfully wrong. And you have a good night. Peace.